You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. So this morning, we're going to talk about ability. Everybody has an ability, right? Everybody. Okay. So ability equals response ability. So ability equals our willingness to respond to the ability that God has given us. Because he has equipped all of us. We have gifts. We have talents. We have uh uh, what are those called? Um, five uh, love languages. We, we have all kinds of stuff. We have analysis to paralysis. We can tell you, you know, what our personalities mean. We can tell you all kinds of things. What our fivefold is. We have a lot of information. But what do we do with the information that we have? And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. I was talking to my uh, friend who is uh, one of the Morningstar elders that we're a part of. And, and he actually said that phrase to me. And I said, you know, I said, sometimes when we're doing what we do, we are faced with things that seem impossible for us. And we know the word says what? All things are possible. All things. With God, nothing is impossible, but we're faced with things that are impossible, and we look at things in the natural instead of in the supernatural. So we don't realize that we have the ability to respond to the situation in our ability to make it work the way it's supposed to do. It says uh, that scripture up there is John uh, sixteen fifteen. It says, I chose you. That would be all of us. I chose all of you, all y'all, he said, I think. I think he was a southerner. I chose all y'all. Uh, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That's us. So no matter what we face, we have the ability to respond to it. I hear everybody jumping up and down, and they're so excited. And boy, this is like, this is almost like a, a ton of bricks, you know? I don't hear faith rising. I don't hear anybody saying, I got a testimony to that one. Nope, nope. They're saying, oh man, huh. Is it over yet? Yeah, no. We're going to go to Exodus 14 and talk about our response. And the ability that God's given us. But it is funny because we have so much more than we believe we have. Right. We have so much more than we believe we have. And um, we just forget because we get caught in the natural. I know last week I told you guys my tennis story of what happened to me on the tennis courts. If you weren't here, you can go back and listen to it. I won't go through it again. But uh, I told you I was going to reach out to the person um, I was playing tennis with that had all these ailments and I was so busy playing tennis. I never even thought about releasing the kingdom on her. Huh. I was just like, huh, interesting. My mind didn't shift. So I called her this week 
And I said, well, I just wanted to let you know I've been praying for you and thinking about you. And uh, I just, you know, wanted to see how you're doing and, and talk to you about healing and how God heals. And, you know, it's interesting. The conversation started with, I believe there's a higher power. I was like, amen, because there is. There is. But as we began to talk and just talk about where she was and what she did for a living and all these different things, it was just like the butter of the Holy Spirit got a hold of her and she just began to melt. And we, she began to tell me a little bit about our life and what had happened and all these different things. And uh, I started telling her the testimonies that we share and how Jesus heals. And, and, uh, and she's, she's like, I believe in prayer. I believe it works. And so we had a chance to just talk and, and just share. And I released healing over her. And, and uh, she's going to keep in touch and let me know how she's doing. But, um, you know, part of this journey this open road that we're on, is we come across people, we come across things, we come across events, and um, we don't always know how to quite respond to them. We don't really realize that we have the ability to release God into them, release God over that situation. So I want to talk a little bit about Exodus. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I'm real excited. Let's just go. Let's just go. We're going to start in verse 5. And we know that uh, we've gone through the plagues by this time, uh, that Pharaoh has had it up to his ears with the power of God uh, showing up in his country and just completely wrecking his economic system, wrecking his firstborn, wrecking everything he thought he had power over, taking out his sorcerers, taking out everything. So he's like, enough with these Israelites. I want them out, which is exactly what the Lord had told Moses. Right. Not only are you going to go out, but you're going to go out with the plunder of the Egyptians. Amen. You're going to take their gold. You're going to take their silver. They're going to be begging you, take it with you. <laughs> that is a good problem to have, right? So they are leaving. They're gone. And of course, when freedom comes, the enemy wants to grab a hold of you and say, hey, wait a minute, that was a mistake. Let me drag you back. Let me drag you back into the oppression you were in because the freedom is right on the tip. And I don't want you to step into that freedom. He does. So verse 5 says, Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of the Pharaoh and his servants were turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this? Like they had any control over it, right? That we have let Israel go from serving us. So he made ready his chariot and took people with him. And he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of the Pharaoh king of Egypt. And he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. Yeah. Now they were pursued, but they went out with boldness. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Verse 10, and the Pharaoh drew near the children of Israel, lift, lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. 
So they went out with boldness, right? Don't forget that phrase. So they were very afraid. They went out with boldness, and when they saw the enemy trying to come after them, their boldness left them, and their fear was reinstated. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, now we got to blame somebody when we're having problems. Look around and say, I've blamed somebody. Right? Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Now, Moses had already told them that they were going into the wilderness to worship the Lord. But somehow the enemy skewed the clarity of the voice of the Lord that they had heard. So instead of going out with boldness and knowing that they had been set free, they had watched plagues. They had watched the blood of the lamb cover them from the firstborn death. All of a sudden, the power of the enemy in their mind shifted. And he became more powerful than the word that the Lord had given them. That has happened. It has happened to me where all of a sudden, all I can see is the, uh, the uh, enemy coming against me instead of the word of the Lord over me. And suddenly the enemy has become the trump card over what God has spoken to me. And that's what's happening here. All of a sudden, they forgot who God was for a moment what God has promised for that moment. And it wasn't a permanent memory loss. It was just, a, it was just the confusion of fear that overcame them in this time of triumph. Right. Verse 12. Is this not the word that we've told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone? <laughs> let me just stay in my bondage? Because at least I know what that is. I gave this word that the Lord has a, a long, clear path for us. But we don't know where we're going. We just know that the path is before us. Is it easier for us to stay where we are than to go into the unknown and having to lean completely on the Lord for what we need? They're like... We could have just served the Egyptians. And what were the Egyptians doing? Beating them. Once Moses came, they no longer provided them straw. So they had to go get their own straw and still keep the production at the same level they were at before they had to get their own straw. And they couldn't do it, so they got beaten every day. And, and they're saying to the Lord, or to Moses, but technically to the Lord, it would have been much easier for us to just be beaten every day than to go on a journey that God has set before me because it's too unknown, it's too scary, and I see the enemy is close on my heels. I'm telling you, this is what the, this is the, this is what the enemy is doing right now. We have had breakthroughs. We have had miracles. We have had healings. We have had financial breakthroughs. We have seen the move of God in such a powerful way, but the enemy 
is clipping at our heels. He wants to paralyze us. Because we're caught between the high risk, high reward with God, and the dead life of staying where we are, but at least it's familiar. Chew. And I know we've all had moments in our life where that's happened. We all have. I have. You know, where God's saying, do this. When we were having worship, I had that word, and I was like, Lord, when do you want to do it? He's like, I don't care. I'm like, isn't there a moment in time where it's better? He doesn't care. He's like, do it when you want to. I'm like, okay. You know? So then I'm like, oh, do I want to do it now? Is it now? Is it now? You know, it's just this. God is pressing us to be like, I am all in. And I see those chariots coming on my hills, and I could care less because the God that is over me is much greater than the enemy that's behind me. And he will not clip me. He will not clip me. He will not clip me. Whoo, Jesus. Jesus has got something to say to you today. Oh, yes, it said, so would it have been better if we served the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness? And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Now, here's Moses. Listen to him. He's like, don't be afraid. Stand still. Have you had people say, what are you worried about? God's got this. And you're like, shut up. You don't know what I'm going through. (laughs) Yeah, you're not. You don't know. You haven't been sitting in my mind. My mind is busy, busy. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. We will not miss what God has for us today unless we turn around and go the other way. I was talking to someone the other day and uh, I told him, I said, uh, there were a couple of things that were just kind of easing through my path that were not of God, but it was that taunting of the enemy. And I told them, I said, the Lord said to me, don't be like Lot's wife and turn around and be that pillar of salt where you cannot move. When I look back, it freezes me. When I look forward, it frees me. It frees me. The past holds us. The future propels us. So, yes. So we're not going to be like Lot's wife. We're not looking back and being pillars of salt. We're going forward to what God has. Verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses, this is what happens when you're a leader. Why do you cry out to me? He's like, I didn't cry out. I told him to to get going. But just in general, tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, I'm going to stop right there because Moses had the ability. God gave it to him when he started. Take this rod. Take this rod. And the rod wasn't the power, but the rod was the representation of God with him. He said, take this. So, Moses had the ability to stop what was happening. 
and he needed to respond to the ability that God had given him in order to activate the manifestation that God had for them. You know, sometimes we want God just to do it all much easier. <laughs> but it will not get us to where God wants us. It's like a kid. You know, you, you can't just do everything for them. We're helping our little granddaughter walk, and we hold her hand, then we let her go, and she walks a little falls down, and then we hold her hand. Well, she'll never learn to walk if we hold her hands all the time and help her the whole way. She'll never balance. She'll never get her footing. She'll never understand when she leans back a little bit too far, she's going to fall backwards. When she leans forward a little bit too far, she's going to fall forward. She'll never get it if we do it for her. God is looking for partnership. He's looking for oneness. He's looking for the ability that he's given you to be a response to a mountain that is before you. That's what he's looking for. And he's given it to us. And, you know, that's why he gives us the body so we can all usher each other along. It's true. Yeah, I called my girlfriend up in New Jersey. She's like, shut up and get going. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your support, your prayer. I'm not holding your hand through this. Okay, we're going to go to verse 19. It says, uh, uh, is that where we're going to go? Yes. Verse 19, it says, And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. So he was in front of them as he guided them. When the Pharaoh and his army came behind them in the chariots, he got between them. He got between them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of the Israelis, or of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and a darkness to the one, the Egyptians. And it was a and it gave light by night to the other. Think about that. So that the one did not come near the other all that night. It was to the Egyptians, it was terror. To the Israelites, it was rest. You know that when the Lord is in it, there's peace in the circumstance. There's peace in the chaos when the Lord is in it. And the enemy is always terrified when there's a visible move of the Lord on your behalf. Amen. That's right. God is moving. God is moving. Whew. Then Moses, verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all night, all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground and the waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them in the midst of, of the sea, all the Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass. God's moving. 
in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. He took off their chariot wheels. I read something. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who Roland Buck is. If you don't, there is a free book. He's passed away. It's called Angels on Assignment. It's online, and I've read it probably a dozen times. It just carries such a power and a presence of the Lord. But he talks about encountering angels, and they tell him the story of being able to pluck off the wheels of the chariots that they had so much fun disarming and the Egyptians could not figure out what was happening because it was a supernatural disablement of their chariots. And it's a very interesting read and um, it's, it's, it's very encouraging. But so, so God just is down there. We're just going to pull off. These are, these are mighty chariots. You know, these aren't, these look, they're mighty and he is pulling off their wheels and those chariots are falling apart. Whoo, God, let's see some chariot falling today. I'm telling you, we want the wheels pulled off the enemy right now in Jesus name. Whoo, God, I'm ready. And, you know, even as I said that, I felt like the Lord's saying, we've got to expect that kind of a miraculous move on our behalf. It is not a presumption on our part. It is part of our inheritance as the people of God. We have to expect when we read the word that we put our hand on it and we put a demand on that word because it is for us. God has given it to us so that we can say, this is possible. It's possible today. It's possible for the chariots of the demonic to come undone so that it will fall apart before it ever even gets to me. Ever even gets to me. That's right. God is so good to us. He is good to us. My heart is racing. So the children of Israel, verse 22, went into the midst of the sea on dry ground and the waters were a wall on the right. I read that. And the Egyptians pursued, went after them into the midst of the sea, all the uh, Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. Now it came to pass. Oh, I've read all this. We're going to read it again. Verse 25. This is my favorite part. And he took off the chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee. Let us run. Let us turn around from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. The Lord fights for us in every way, every way, every way. He does not hesitate to fight for us. He does not hesitate to get between us and the enemy. He does not hesitate to disarm whatever material thing is coming against us. Whatever spiritual thing is coming against us, he does not hesitate. Then the Lord said to Moses, verse 26, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariot and on their horsemen. And Moses had the ability, right? Right, To respond with the ability God had given him to flood the Egyptians. Amen. 
And there's this thought, well, no, actually God did it. Yep, God did it through Moses' ability that he gave him to flood the Egyptians. He wants us to rem remember. He wants us to recognize. He wants us to know that we carry the ability to defeat every dark, demonic force that has been sent against us, assigned to us, that has tried to oppress us, to steal our health, to steal our mental well-being, to steal our family, to steal our finances. We have the ability. And God is looking for our response to the ability he's given us that is already connected with the supernatural in order to bring it forth. We already have the supernatural in us, surrounding us, for us, through us, flowing over us. I don't know how else we want to describe it. We have what we need in order to go forward. Now, do we have to contend? Yes. Did Moses contend there? Yes. He not only contended with his people, but he contended with those people. There's our people and then there's those people. And sometimes they're the same when you hear them. <laughs> you know, think about it. Not everybody rallies around you and go, oh, you can do it. I'm so for you. I'm so for this. Some people are like, I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> Your head's gotten a little bit too big. I mean, think about it. Even our closest allies sometimes, our closest people are not our biggest cheerleaders. Sometimes it takes a prophetic word from someone else to activate what God has already put in us. So we, I want us to really grab a hold of this. We have what we need to do what God has called us to do. And we do have to contend. There is a contention. There is a contention. Verse 28, then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. There's nothing left. But the children of Israel had walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left hand. When God repeats something in the word, that means it's important. That means that we need to understand that this was not something to just take for granted and just to pass over. This is something to remember, that God raised the walls. It's like the wall of fire out of Zechariah 2.5. He raised a wall around us so that we could walk through where he has for us. I'll try Jesus. Going to the Jesus dance this morning. Verse 30. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hands of the Egyptian. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Gone. Dead. Dead actually means dead. In Hebrew, it just means dead. It means no longer with life. They're just dead. There's nothing else to add into that. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done. In Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. I 
That's good, isn't it? God is good to us. God is good to us. I'm going to read one other section of scripture, and then we're going to pray, because there's a part of this that I want to make sure that uh, we etch it in to our hearts. We write it in to who we are. And it's uh, going to be out of Matthew 15, verse 32. And um, we hope this is all going to go together. So you guys know that we had a feeding of 5,000, then some other things happen, and then 4,000 more people show up. Verse 32 in Matthew 15. It says, Now Jesus called disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. Well, we would be Ubering. We'd be saying we can't make it. Not three days, you know. Can you imagine? And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on their way. Then his disciples said to him, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? That's interesting. They have already experienced this, right? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven uh, with a few little fish. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to the disciples. Then the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets full of fragments uh, that were left, and those who ate were 4,000 men besides the women and children. He sent away the multitude. So he sends them away. He gets back in his boat and they go on. And this is what I want to get to is I want to get to uh, uh, chapter 16, verse 1. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees came testing him, asking what would he show them as, uh, as a sign from heaven. So this was not like they were in the other side of the world. They knew that there were signs coming from Jesus, right? They knew that there were signs coming. So in order to test them, they're asking him to perform for them. Yeah. There's been a multitude of bread. Of course, you healed on the Sabbath multiple times. You know, they knew what was going on. And they decide they're going to uh, see if they can trip him up. Verse 2, he says, he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left and departed them. And now he, Jesus goes on to bring the disciples into a different realm of thinking. And that's what I want to end on today. Verse 5, it says, Now when the disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten the bread. So they're in the natural. They've forgotten the bread. Now the bread was just multiplied and fed 4,000 plus plus but they're worried that they forgot the bread. Seven, after their reasoning among themselves, 
saying, it is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? Who needs bread when you have the ability to take and multiply everything you need in order to fulfill what the call is for that moment. He says, but to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to be aware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I'm going to pull these two together loosely. You know, we're reading Exodus and we've got the word of God over the people of Israel that they are going to be rescued. They are going to go out into the wilderness where they can freely worship their God. They will no longer be oppressed. They will no longer be beaten every night. They will no longer be parceled food. They will no longer have to work morning to midnight trying to meet a quota. Because God has said, not only will you be free, but there is a plunder coming with the freedom. So you will have everything you need in the natural and you will have my presence that goes before you, that stands between you and the enemy. And that it continues on to say, and there will be no sickness. Your clothes will not wear out that you have me and me is all you need. I am your ability to do all things. So in tying this together, the disciples could understand the natural, the, the, the bread. You know, we got to bring the bread. But they missed the fact that the Pharisees were sowing lies and doctrine that did not convert over with the Messiah hitting town. And the disciples were having to have their, uh, have a minor operation to move them from looking at the natural and trying to sort through the natural instead of understanding that their life is one in the supernatural. That our lives are not based on whether we have something in the natural. God uses it all. Our lives are based on us discerning. That's what he's telling the disciples is your discernment is coming through the presence of me in you, of what you to do, how are you to act, how are you to respond. That discernment is coming through the oneness of Christ in us. You know, God's asked me 
over the last year, I, I, I'd have to go back and count, but he asked me all the time, what do you want? And honestly, I, there's a point where you're like, I have a whole list and you know what my list is. I've written it out for you. I have. And I write down, I write, put little dates by uh, when he answers it. But over the last year, he's been saying, you already have what you're asking for. And sometimes I don't know how to convert that into where I am right now because there's things that apparently I have that have not manifested in the way I, and that's a big I, think they should look. And yes, there are things that have not been prayers that I feel like have not been answered. But what I've, I believe God is saying to us, even as I read that scripture earlier during worship, what is it you want? What is it you want? Because God has that for you. And part of that is using your ability to, ma to activate and manifest what he has. It's like when you told about having more time. He wants more time. He wants more time. What does that really mean, God? Make some room for me. And then he gives you a revelation from the time that you give to him. Jesus wanted the disciples to know that not having the physical bread is no problem. The problem is not being able to discern the time that we're in and what Jesus wants to do through it. Not being able to clearly divide the false doctrine that is coming and that is already here in order for us to be able to dismantle everything that has set itself up against God. And that's where we are. We're in a season of dismantling. And did Moses and them run, pull the chariots off, the wheels off the chariot? No. So does it mean we're supposed to enter into the second heaven warfare with the enemy? No. But what it means is that we have to be able to discern what God is doing. So we use the ability that he's already given us to respond with that ability to do what we're called to do, right? It's a, it's a lot of words for a very simple thought process. I mean, think about it. But, you know, when we think about it, really think about it, we all get in mind traps. We all get, just like the Israelites, where, they, where we are having breakthrough and things are going, just God is just moving and all this incredible stuff. And then we got the enemy clipping at our heels and we're like, Looking back at the enemy, instead of seeing, we have the ability to defeat what's coming after us. We have the ability to multiply the bread that we need. We have the ability to discern what is true and what is pure and what is holy and what is righteous. We have that ability. God has partnered with us and given us everything we need. Right? Right? I have everything I need. I want you to say that. I have everything I need. And sometimes we have to say that over and over just to remind ourselves that we have everything we need, you know, because the enemy's voice can be very loud. 
his presence can be disruptive. His move against us can be strong. But our God, our God, our God defeats every darkness. He defeats everything that has come against us. Because we have everything we need. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. I'm just going to, I just want to, I want to jump up and down. I want to tell God, thank you so much that I have, we have everything we need, that we are fully equipped. Yeah, you guys stand. We're fully equipped. We have everything we need. And even if we don't think we have everything we need, we just look up and we see, as Moses said, the salvation of the Lord. We see the glory intersect and dismantle what the enemies tried to do. So, Father, I just thank you that we have been given everything we need. That we are activated and we've been positioned and aligned with the most holy God. And just like Moses said, we will stand and see the salvation of the Lord on our behalf. And Lord, I loved it when you moved in between the enemy and Israel. And to the enemy, it was dark and foreboding. And to Israel, it was light and it was glory. So God, we thank you that we stand in your light and your glory. We thank you that what the enemy sees is the darkness. And that he cannot penetrate through the light. And so, Lord, even now, I just want to pray for everyone that there is a, um, an awakening, really a, a fire of understanding of, of what we have. We have the ability. We have our rod and our staff. We, we have, we are fully equipped to do what you've called us to do. And we're just thanking you, God, that when we go down this road, this long road, and the enemy rises up, that we are fully equipped to defeat him, that we've been empowered with what we need because of you in us and because you hover and you watch and you see and you send your forces, you send your host, you send other people, you send intercessions. There is so much going on, Lord. If we saw it, our heads would be spinning. We wouldn't even know what to do. But God, we thank you that there is peace. Like Matt released earlier, there's just peace. And we step into that peace with you, Lord, knowing that we get to worship. We get to praise you. It is our honor and our privilege to be called your family. And it is our honor and our privilege to be activated, to defeat the darkness, to accomplish the purposes that you have for us. And we just thank you, Jesus, for what you've paid for us to do this. And we bless and honor you, Lord. Amen and amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.